Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Past Imperfect. Please be advised that in this episode, there are discussions of topics that some listeners may find upsetting. Hello and welcome to Past Imperfect. I'm Rachel Sylvester and usually in this podcast, Alice Thompson and I talk to extraordinary people who've overcome trauma or adversity to achieve great success. Today I'm on my own and my guest is one of Britain's best-known entrepreneurs who is as much a brand as a businessman and a billionaire. Sir Richard Branson has run everything from trains to planes, a record company and a bank. His Virgin Group now controls more than 400 companies. He has his own island and even a rocket. But he's severely dyslexic and left school at 15. I love a challenge, he says. I love learning about things I know nothing about. I hate saying no, I'm known as Dr. Yes. Richard Branson, thank you very much for joining Past Imperfect. Do you think that that positivity and optimism is the key to your success? Yes, I think being an optimist it, it is, is a hell of a lot more fun than being a pessimist. <laughs> I, I, I think it, as a leader, it, it's so much better to look at, at people in an optimistic way, look for the best in people, you know, praise people, just generally be, be, be positive with people. And, and that brings the best out of people. And I, you know, over the years, I think I've had over a million people who've worked for Virgin companies in one form or another. And, and I like to think that they look back at their years at Virgin with, with a lot of fondness. And, and I think that that's part of the reason why. And do you sometimes wish you were better at saying no? Has saying yes ever gone wrong? Saying yes has gone horribly wrong on many an occasion, <laughs> in, including, I think, in my new book, I've talked about the 75 ways I came close to leaving this beautiful earth. But life has been a hell of a lot more fun because I've said yes than because I've said no. I, when I was 16, I brought out a magazine called Student Magazine. And let me see if I can remember it. On the back of the magazine, I say I, I printed, the brave may not live forever, but the cautious do not live at all. And, and I think I've, I've lived by that mantra ever since. And, and, I, and, and I've had a lucky star up above that has you know, gu- guided me home on some perilous occasions. But, but life's been, yeah, well, it's been one hell of a ride. And things might have been very different, though, mightn't they? And we want to take you back to your childhood, actually. And what were your earliest memories of school? My earliest memories of school was was looking at a blackboard and just seeing a mumbo jumbo and 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 relegating myself to the back of the class so I could at least try to look over somebody else's shoulder to see if I could get some marks but but having no understanding of what was going on on the blackboard 
longing for break time so that you know the one thing I was good at was sport uh, so, so I could get out and play but but basically you know dyslexia hadn't been uh, invented that yet or you know people didn't realize we, people just assumed that we were uh, you know the, 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 the stupid and I was definitely bottom of the class and and uh, when I, when I was interested in something I think I started to excel I mean I would go to the library and I would uh, uh, you know, I was fascinated by what was going on in the world, the Vietnamese War, the Biafran War, the provost marching in Holland. Uh, 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 and and uh, so, you know, what was going on in the real world, I was fascinated about. But uh, the kind of stuff that we were taught at school, I saw no relevance. You know, French, nobody ever learned French and nobody ever does learn French today. But you know, schools continue to teach you French and you people come out you know not being able to speak it and 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 you know if you look if you look at every single class that we were taught for most jobs it, it's they're, they're fairly irrelevant in this day and age and uh and i think these 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 kinds of classes continue because the teachers are the ones that most likely decide whether or not uh you know you should drop french for spanish or, or something or, or or you know or a language that is easier to learn and and, and relevant to relevant to society uh and you know that happened all those years ago when i was a kid uh, 65 years ago when i was at school and but sadly still seems to happen today that you know what what is being taught at school for many kids is not particularly relevant to, mm. to their lives ahead and did you always struggle with the basics reading and writing I uh, yes, I I, uh, I I I mean dys dyslexia comes out in different ways with different people, uh, but I would definitely uh, jumble jumble things up, uh, and uh, and you know over over time, I think I've overcome you know most aspects uh, that I that I was suffering from in those early days, but uh, basically by you know by. <laughs> by quitting school early uh and you know getting 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 out and doing things that interested me and uh and you know if something really interests interests me i i i can excel at it and and I, I have a thirst for thirst for knowledge and a thirst for what's going on in the world and i you know i like to know you know everything that's going on in ukraine i like to know uh you know when, when i was younger everything that was you know going on in the vietnamese war or everything that was going on in 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 uh, every aspect of the world, and uh, and I suppose, but you know, because of my thirst for knowledge on on subjects that fascinated me, that uh, helped me overcome sort of re reading difficulties and writing difficulties. But I, I, it was a self self taught mm. way of dealing with it. And were there any moments of real humiliation when you had to read out loud or go to the front of the class? Or yeah, I mean, I I got uh, well, I I got beaten for for not performing. I mean, in those days, it was you know pajama bottoms down and and a, and a stick and 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 it was it was you know you know either by the housemaster, the headmaster, or or, or the or the school prefect. But but then uh, you know I also got gonged off at school, which in front of in front of the school. I mean, you know, the, the, those are uh, uh, unpleasant moments for any kid. Uh, but you know, for me, it was it was strangely the best thing that happened to me. I mean, it just meant that, you know, at fifteen, I decided that that that, that the world needed a 
magazine run by young people, aimed at young people, uh, that could debate issues like this, uh, that could uh, give young people a voice, that could say we don't want to waste our time, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, just having a completely exam orientated society. We, we should be taught things that are relevant and interesting. So I worked out of the school phone box. Uh, you know, I didn't have any money, but but selling advertising to Coke or Pepsi or banks or anybody that I thought might be interested in getting to young people. And once I got the 3,000 pounds of pledges from advertisers to uh, print out my first 50,000 copies of the magazine. I went and saw the headmaster and said, uh, I'm, I'm uh, planning to launch the magazine. And he and and in a typical headmasterish way, he said, well, you know, you can either st- not do the magazine and and, 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 and concentrate on your schoolwork, uh, or you can do the magazine and leave school. And I said, goodbye. <laughs> and and, and uh, went, went home that night to see my parents and uh, I remember walking walking around the garden a few times with my dad, and uh, uh, and at the end of the walk, he said, "Look, you know there aren't many kids who would know what they want to do at 21. You know what you want to do at 15. Good on you. And if you if it doesn't work out and you need to get an education again, we'll do our best to uh, to to help you later on in life." And uh, so very very supportive parents. And didn't the headmaster on your last day say you'd either be a millionaire or in prison? Have you spoken yeah, to him since he, you he, became a billionaire? <laughs> he, 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 just a funny story. He wrote to me one day when I, when I, you know, had started doing re- relatively well, and and said, "Would I sponsor a new girls' college at the school?" And um, there was girls' dormitories at the school, the place place where they were going to live. And and I wrote back, thinking the best way of getting out of this was to say if you name it after my company and and i had had nothing more from him for another 10 years and then and then 10 years later he said how much he regretted not just writing back and saying yes <laughs> uh, but uh he was good enough to acknowledge that that the boy had done okay mm. and uh, and um, uh, yeah and when did you realize you were dyslexic when did you get that name put on it you know, I didn't uh, test myself for dyslexia uh, until I was in my twenties, and I and I was just I was just interested in uh, you know why why I did certain things in a, in a slightly strange strange way. Oh, that's uh, fascinating. Remember, so the teachers had no idea at all. You'd never knew when you were at school. No, I, I don't. I don't. I can't even remember the word dyslexia be, being mentioned at, at all at my school. I don't even know that it was discussed or whether it was invented as such as a, as a as a syndrome. Right. My my. I said to my wife uh, when I was about twenty nine. Uh, you know, do you, do you think I have ADHD? And and, uh, and she said only when you told me to me. And 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 then said. Uh, but you do have some kind of syndrome that uh, I suspect hasn't been invented yet. So anyway, on, on the back of that, I went and I went and got myself tested for dyslexia. And what did it show? It just showed that uh, that I was dyslexic. You know, it 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 it, it took me a few years to realise, uh, you know, that a lot of a lot of my positives I think came from from me being dyslexic. Uh, you know, the fact that I was dyslexic meant that from a very very young age, I became a really good delegator. I found fantastic people to surround myself with. You know, in in launching the magazine, 
you know, I needed, uh, you know, I needed great people because otherwise the magazine would have been full of spelling mistakes and, and, uh, and, you know, I, I found myself interviewing people that were very eloquent uh, so that I didn't have to do a lot of verbiage between uh, the words of the person I was interviewing and, and the page. So, you know, I, I managed to interview Jean-Paul Sartre and R.D. Lang and Vanessa Redgrave. And uh, anyway, the whole, the whole I mean, the, the wonderful thing about running a magazine for young people was, you know, you know, it, uh, it opened doors to James Baldwin when, when he came to England, I bang, banged on his hotel door and got a, uh, a, 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 a very angry uh, interview against the white man as much against maybe myself for waking him up as uh, as uh, as his general his general approach. But uh, yeah, so the so the so I think it taught it taught it taught me to it taught me to delegate. I think I've been. You know, I think one of the, the great strengths of a good entrepreneur is learning early on the importance of delegation. And, and most entrepreneurs are not good delegators. They like to do everything themselves. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, when I, when I give advice to uh, young entrepreneurs who are setting up a business, that, you know, I'll tell them, look, try to put yourself out of business as early as possible. Find somebody better than yourself. And then you can, you can think about the bigger picture. And... And I think as a dyslexic, I, you know, I I'm good at seeing the bigger picture. The big, you know, and you know, up until quite recently, dyslexia was seen as uh, a negative. And uh, and what 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 uh, Kate uh, and myself um, who've been involved in you know, in you know trying try to try you know try an organisation called Made by Dyslexia are, are trying to. Uh, get across to kids and people who are dyslexic is is, is something to be celebrated. It's fascinating uh, that link, LinkedIn has added dyslexic thinking to its recognised list of skills, hasn't it? Do you see it as a skill when you're looking for for new employees? Do you do you actually set out to recruit dyslexics? Yes, I mean I think you know we we with the. the uh, uh, dyslexic thinking. We were we were delighted that LinkedIn took took it on board. We've also encouraged the word dyslexic thinker to be put behind somebody's name. So you know, if you if you if you if you if you have your name on LinkedIn or or anywhere, just put 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 dyslexic thinker after it and and be proud of it. You know, I had a grandchild who very young who just didn't diagnose as dyslexic, and I was I was able to to ring him up and and you know. Uh, celebrate and just say you know, yeah. some, you know, some, something that you and I have got that the rest of the family doesn't have and and you know so and you know so I think it's good to know that you're dyslexic and and particularly in this current in the current educational system they, they give certain advantages to people who are dyslexic and a bit, bit more time in exams and things like that but but it's something which you know what I what I tell parents is you know you know, work out what what your child is really good at, and 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 let them follow that path, and and the rest will catch up. I mean, you can give them extra, you know, extra help, but you know, let them excel at excel at the things they enjoy. They 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 have joy from, and they enjoy. Greta Thunberg describes her Asperger's syndrome as a superpower, doesn't she? Do you see your dyslexia as that kind of superpower? <laughs> Uh, yes, I mean there are occasions where uh, where, where uh, you'd rather wish you didn't have it, but uh, but uh, by by and large, I would say yes, it is a superpower. Um, 
When's it, you know, gone, said, when, when's it been a disadvantage? Um, well, uh, I had to learn to skydive when I was trying to fly around the world in a hot air balloon because if something goes wrong at you know, 30, 35,000 feet and you jump out of the balloon and you pull the parachute straight away because the air is so thin, the parachute will rip, rip off your back. So you have to skydive from 35,000 feet down to 10,000 feet before you open your parachute. And because I've done a lot of adventuring in my life, the skydiving team assumed that I didn't need to go on the back of somebody. And they told me just to jump, jump, um, jump solo. And, uh, and I jumped and, uh, and you're meant to take your right hand. And then on three occasions, you bring it down to the lever to open the parachute. And there's two levers there, <laughs> one that opens the parachute and one that gets rid of the parachute and anyway in a, in a very typical uh, uh it's a sort of typical thing that some dyslexics can do not not all dyslexics are as foolish as i am i got I, I pulled the lever that got rid of the parachute not the one that opened the parachute so what and, happened uh, uh there, there was one other person who jumped out and and was coming down with me and he actually would, had watched where my hand was going and he did a sort of a little bit of a Superman uh, dive in and and managed to pull the spare 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 little shoot. Uh, so so it was oh saving me yet again, yet again. So your dyslexia but, uh, almost killed you, in fact. Well, I, I don't want I, I I don't want to put people off from employing <laughs> dyslexia because I'm I'm I think I'm an extreme. That's one of the extreme ways it comes comes out with me. I mean, when when I actually was doing the Atlantic or the Pacific balloon crossings that there would be uh you know big signs on certain levers just aimed specifically at me and not at Pearl Instrand who was my fellow balloonist just saying uh no they would actually they would seal them up and then and they, there would be jokes about we, we, we should we should really have a dog on board to bite Richard if his hand goes anywhere near these particular levers. <laughs> but anyway so but but you know that, that that that's one of the extreme downsides by and large it's been a uh, it, it, it's been a, a, de a delight being dyslexic. And, what, what about uh, in business? Because you've never been very good at net, the difference between net and gross profit, have you? Yeah, so interestingly, I was 50 years old when I was having a board meeting. And uh, and by then we had maybe, maybe the largest private group of companies in Europe. And, and, uh, and, and I asked the question when somebody gave some figures in the board meeting, is that good news or is that bad news? Um, <laughs> and they, one of the directors takes me out of the room and says, Richard, you know, I've known you for years now and I, I've never really dared ask you, but uh, am I right in thinking you don't know the difference between net and gross? And I said, well, I've never been able to admit it, but um, but uh, yeah, that's that's the case. So he, he said, "Well, look, I came, I came, I came prepared on this occasion," and, and he pulls out a sheet of paper and and he has some crayons and he uh, he uh, colours the piece of paper blue and he, he says that's the sea. Then he puts a fishing net in the and then he puts some fish in the net and and he says, "Richard, now you're." The fish that are in in the net that's your profit at the end of the year that's your net net turnover and and the, and the rest of the sea is um <laughs> is gross, gross turnover anyway I, I i said got it uh feeling very 
pleased to myself I have name dropped Net and Gross ever since and, <laughs> uh, and, and, and what I have realized is that Virgin's net worth is nowhere near as, as big as I thought it was before, <laughs> before I knew the difference between Net and Gross. Do you, do you I, think... I just I, I mean just something something on that which is I think uh, is important and that is the I, you know, I've never seen myself as an entrepreneur. I've, I've seen myself as a creator, somebody who, who creates things I can be proud of. Um, I've, I've not really been interested in um, making money per se. I've been interested in uh, uh, in the things that I create surviving. Um, and uh, and so somebody else will, you know, tr- uh, will add up the numbers at the end of the year and tell me whether the business is still going to survive. Um, but my... You know, my approach is if you create the best uh, company in the world, um, that it will survive. Um, I mean, if you say take, you know, Virgin Atlantic was 38 years old uh, yesterday and 38 years ago yesterday, we flew with one secondhand 747 across the Atlantic. Um, everybody thought we were mad. I mean, we were taking on British Airways 300 planes TWA's 300 planes, Pan Am's 300 planes, People Express 200 planes, Air Florida, you know, 50 planes, and so on. And uh, and if I'd gone to some accountants and asked them to do some figures to see whether it was a good idea to go into the airline business, there's no question they would have told me no. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it, you, you'll never survive. But if you can create the be- the best in in the class, and if you can motivate your team to really believe in what you're doing and uh and if you do it differently than the bigger the bigger boys uh then 38 years later you know through crises after crises whether it's 9-11 or or covid or whatever somehow or another you'll survive and and uh you, you may not make you know, as much money as you know as, as the tech companies or whatever but you just you just you know if you if you passionately believe in something and you've and your team passionately believe in it and you really genuinely deliver something of great quality and then then the figures will add up and 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 the only importance about figures is you know can you pay the bills at the end of the year and 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 so it doesn't really matter if you failed elementary maths as i did at, at school those years ago and somebody else can add up the figures. I've got to just cr- to deliver a product, you know, that it, that 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 that, it, that exceeds expectations. Mm. Uh, do you, do you still you see know, yourself as a sort of disruptor and an outsider? Because you've got the knighthood and the island and the billions, but do you still see yourself as as a kind of anti-establishment figure? <laughs> we still love uh, we still love to tilt at uh, you know big companies, and uh, you know, so we've just launched. Virgin Voyages, a, a cruise company, uh, taking on you know some enormous enormous cruise companies in the world, and we've we've launched in the Caribbean and we've launched in the, uh, the Mediterranean, and uh, and so you know we, at the moment we have uh, t- two with three boats coming, again you know competing with much much larger companies, but but I think we've learned we've you know we've learned through doing the same thing in other industries that it, that, that it is possible to be. A David versus a Goliath, and 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 survive, and and 
and, and paid the bills at the end of the year. Mm. The Sex Pistols recently reissued God Save the Queen for the Platinum Jubilee and there's been lots of coverage about that era. You were involved with them the first time round. Do you, do you see the recent drama documentary series? What did you think of it? Did it make you nostalgic? I, I didn't see the, the recent drama series on the Sex Pistols, but I, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing it. But um, but I was, I suppose, very much part of the drama of the Sex Pistols all those years ago. Yeah. Um, again, I, I don't look back a lot, but um, the, the, the Sex Pistols were uh, really propelled propelled um, Virgin from being a sort of hippie company into being you know, a punk company that then attracted the Rolling Stones and Peter Gabriel and Genesis and others that we would never have attracted had we not signed the Sex Pistols. Um, it was, it was, it was a, a brief whirlwind of a time with the Sex Pistols. You're listening to Past Imperfect with Rachel Sylvester and Richard Branson. There'll be more from us after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back to Past Imperfect with Rachel Sylvester and my guest Richard Branson. So what happened with the Sex Pistols court case? So we were being prosecuted for the word uh, bollocks, um, never mind the bollocks, yes, the Sex Pistols. Um, and um, uh, and John Mortimer, the playwright, was also a QC. Um, and he rang me up and said, look, you, could you ring up and see if he could find a linguistics expert? Um, and so I rang up uh, Nottingham University's linguistics expert, um, which was the city we were being prosecuted in. And he answered the phone and he said, um, I told him the problem. And he said, what a, what a load of bollocks. He said, they <laughs> ob- ob- obviously think, think that... Uh, bollocks is a, der- a derivative of bulls. Um, it's nothing to do with that. Um, uh, bollocks was the nickname given to priests in the 18th century. So the album 
really should mean never never mind the priests yes the sex pistols <laughs> or uh, he said since priests were apt to talk a load of rubbish um, never mind the rubbish here's the sex pistols um so i couldn't, <laughs> believe, couldn't believe my luck and and said could would you mind coming along to uh, court to, to tell this story and uh, and he said look i happen to be a priest myself would you like me to wear my dog collar so, <laughs> uh, so we had this linguistics expert in his dog collar um, <laughs> the judge reluctantly found us all not guilty so. but did the sex pistols mind then being associated with the church and the priests that <laughs> uh, you know they, 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 as, as as you can imagine uh, you know, people like John Lydon and, and and the others—they're just nice lads. They were just having a, having a real fun time at the expense of at the expense of the national press. Really, it was, it was, they, 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 they were they were charming to him, and he was charming to them. Fascinating. You started your first business when you were eleven, weren't you? Breeding and selling budgies. Maybe it should be virgin birds. I don't know. But what happened, and what did you learn from that experience? <laughs> well, I was already thinking of leaving school and I knew I needed some money uh, if I was to leave school. My parents uh, didn't have you know, anything spare. They had enough to look after us. And so, uh, you know, I was, I was just trying to come up with one or two ideas where, which I thought would uh, make, it, make us a bit of money so I could leave school early. And the, the, there were two ideas I had. One was I heard that budgerigars bred enormously quickly. And so... I bought a few pairs of budgerigars, uh, and the Christmas trees. Uh, you could you could buy a thousand tiny little Christmas trees for three pounds, and that you know if you waited five years and when they were six foot tall, you could you could get a good return. Anyway, with both of them, uh, the Christmas trees got eaten by the bunnies, and, <laughs> uh, and somehow or another the rats got in and ate the budgerigars. Um, oh no. Uh, um, or, or my mother let them out. I'm not quite sure which. Um, <laughs> we got fed up with feeding them. But when I was away, but anyway, they they were they were both object failures. Uh, what did they teach me? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I I don't think I was passionate about either of those two. I was passionate about the magazine when I when I left school to launch that. And I think it, I think the important the important thing is whatever you do, you've got to be passionate about it. And it's not just you, you, you being passionate, it's, it's the team of people around you being passionate. If you were Education Secretary or Prime Minister, what would you do to change the education system? I think that um, we need an education system that um, where every, every young person is uh, set, um, to, set up to thrive in life um, and, uh, and, and, and certainly not just thrive as a result of having good good exam marks. Um, the, um, we need an education system where um, people listen to the voice of young people and um, uh, re realize that uh, education needs a radical reshaping of learning. Um, uh, and, uh, and ideally, I think uh, we need an education system that um, that doesn't that that doesn't actually. Um, entail exams. Uh, I mean, you, you talk to so many teachers and uh, and pupils, and they say that you know the sad thing is that they 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 have to spend all their time just concentrating on on cramming people to get the, get exam results rather than um, uh, teaching uh, people things that are re really re relevant in life. Um, 
uh, I think we need companies that um, uh, that uh, you know I, I hope and think uh, that Virgin Group no longer asks people for exam results, and I think um, uh, other companies um, should should do the same. Um, you, you know, one, one should talk to people about their personality, about you know what's going on in the world, um, uh, you know how good they're going to be, you know, with motivating people and inspiring people, and um, uh, you know their interests and so on, um, and and not con not concentrate on, um, on on exam results. You know, over over ten years at school, you could you could be given marks for you know personality and other 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 you know. Other 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 issues rather than um, than than whether you're good at cramming knowledge. Mm. Yes. How do we create the next generation of entrepreneurs with our education system? I think if somebody knows they knows they want to be an entrepreneur and has an idea that's going to make uh, make people's lives better, um, most likely they'll learn as much as they need to know by just getting on and doing it. I mean, it would be great if schools could let let, let them. You know, run their business whilst they're at school, so that if their idea fails, they can fall back on. Um, you know, they, they can continue their educational their, their education. But if they, if the school won't let them do that, I suspect that they should just leave school and get on and and um, uh, and learn in the real world. And 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 that's an that that is also an incredible educational system. Um, do we I mean, need we, to uh, do we need to embrace failure a bit more vigorously? Uh, we we certainly need to embrace failure um, because you learn so much through failure um, and um, and the, uh, the the you know there there are so many entrepreneurs who failed once or twice before they went on to become really successful and and uh, you learn an enormous amount enormous amount from failure. And your mother, Eve, sounds an extraordinary person. She's a former ballet dancer, actress and air hostess. How great an influence was she on you and your business career? She actually helped you set up, didn't she, to begin with? Yeah, she was, I mean, I, I, like every, every everybody's mum and dad, she a massive influence. Uh, uh, yes, she helped me get, get get going. I told mentioned that we I did a lot of telephone calls from a school phone box. And I needed coins <laughs> to, for for the box, and uh, and she found a necklace and handed it in to the police, and nobody claimed it, and and she sold it for hundred pounds and gave me the money to help me, you know, help me get the magazine up and running, and that literally was you know the the funding that we we that we got for the Virgin Empire, and as it turned out, we still, you know, still all these years later, still own hundred percent of of that top company, and and so it is possible <laughs> to start a to start a company with very little, if 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 you know if you're able to get the advertising in advance as we did, and 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 then and then get the sales and, and get people to like what you're doing, but she yeah she you know would try to make extra monies from homes selling sort of table mats and and the like to Harrods and Harvey Nichols and and uh, you know she 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 did every every which way to try to supplement supplement money in the family she wasn't a successful entrepreneur uh but she you know she would say yes to everything in the same way that i suppose i say yes to everything <laughs> uh, she would you know she famously shoved me out of the car age five or six and told me to make my own, own way to granny's house which was you know four or five miles away and 
you know, she would have got arrested today, but um, but I survived and 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 and, uh, and I'm grateful to her for making us stand on our own two feet from a, from a young age. And, and she she took that approach. She was willing to take risks in order to make sure that we stood on our own two feet. And you once told us that there's a very thin line between success and failure and that there were some occasions when you came very close to being on the wrong side of that dividing line. Do you think you're very lucky or are you very resilient or very self-reliant or all of those things? (laughs) (laughs) We have had a wonderful team and have a wonderful team around me. I mean, the closest we got was when when I came back from America and uh, on Virgin Atlantic and the bank manager was sitting on my doorstep and we'd had a technical problem with one of our engines and we went, uh, you know, we went over our overdraft limit and, and this was on a Friday and he told me he was going to uh, bring the whole Virgin group crashing down on, on the Monday and uh, and I had a wonderful guy called Ken Berry who worked for me and he rang everybody over the weekend that we had contacts with around the world and d- who distributed our, by then we had a record company and uh, they all were willing to help by paying a little bit of money up front to, to make sure that they, we kept the kept the kept the airline on the road and kept the record company on the road. So, so I think uh, you know it's it's partly personal resilience, it's partly uh, just surrounding oneself with uh, fantastic people, and and uh, and if you have a great group of people, you can enjoy the good times and you can help each other get through the bad times together. Obviously, COVID was a, a torrid time. Uh, we were in all the wrong businesses. and uh, But having a fantastic group of people just putting our heads down, uh, determined, determined to prove the critics wrong. We, all, all, all the Virgin companies uh, came, came out ahead. and But it's just, as always, down to great, great people. And how worried are you about the economic situation now? Is it? Do you feel it's back to the 70s with all the strikes and flares and uh it's well it's obviously sad to see what's happening in the world right now i mean you know obviously ukraine is just uh, uh, i mean i i fought hard and spoke out hard against the vietnamese war and the uh, the iraq war and the libyan in war and uh and and they were self-perpetuated wars from the west uh and now seeing russia do the same thing and worse uh, in ukraine uh makes one want to weep and, and the effects of that have been devastating on the, you know, the price of oil for uh, everybody and, and therefore the cost of living. Uh, nobody, nobody will say it in, if you talk about the UK, you know, obviously Brexit's had a negative effect and not being part of the common market is going to affect people in Britain much more than they realise, but and it's already affecting people enormously in Britain and uh, our, our companies overseas are doing a lot better because you know they, they can tr- trade more freely with Europe. Mm. And what do you think our political leaders can learn from business? Are there attitudes that we should see more of in politics? I think that it's tough being a politician and uh, I mean really tough and uh, the uh, you, you know you may be you're in your job for you know, two or three years. I mean, you may be a politician all your life, but generally speaking, you're in your, 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 your minister of education for a year, you know, a couple of years. You're then minister of something else, and so on. You're, 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 by the time you've learnt it, you're, you seem to be moved on. Uh, whereas, you know, I've been 55 years 
uh, traveling the world in business. And, you know, I think I've learned, uh, learned an incredible amount in that time. And so I, so I think business people can sometimes see, see situations more clearly than uh, somebody who's only, you know, only been in, a, been in the job for a couple of years. And I think it's important for politicians to, uh, and for business people to help each other and, and for business people to make suggestions to politicians and, and, uh, and you know, if possible, give them really good ideas on a plate as to how to fix, fix things. And, uh, you know, if there, if there is, for instance, a better way of, uh, of, of, of uh, damaging Russia without damaging the West, you know, when it comes to oil, uh, if we as business people can see a way, you know, we should we 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 should go and you know go and see the politicians about it and 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 propose propose a new approach, and 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 that's and 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 then politicians need to be receptive and good listeners, and and I think being a good listener is important, you know, for business leaders, for politicians, for everybody, uh, and 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 that's a that's a very very important skill for for um, any any leaders to have. Mm. And you're in your 70s now. Do you ever think that you've done enough and maybe it's time to get, stop? Or are you always looking for the next project? You seem to be always kind of pushing yourself, whether it's jumping out of planes or hot air balloons or whatever. So most of my time is spent on uh, on our foundation work. And so, uh, you know, so we have a wonderful group of organ uh, that you know we, we set up with Nelson Mandela and Archbishop Tutu and Mary Robinson called the elders and and they go into conflict regions and try to try try to tackle conflicts they you know speak out on climate change issues anyway they they use their moral authority to you know to try to get change in different areas of the world and and uh, and as as an advisor to the elders I, I and, and a number of other wonderful people, we 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 do our best to help, um, and we set up a, a number of organisations like that: the B Team, uh, the New Now, which is the younger version of the Elders, um, the Carbon War Room, which is now working with the Rocky Mountain Institute to try to uh, get as much carbon out of out of the atmosphere as possible. Um, involved in the Global Drug Commission, which is working very hard to try to uh, get countries to treat. Uh, drugs as a health problem, not a criminal problem. And interestingly, Britain, for, uh, for instance, since this, this going was going out in Britain, is is perhaps the worst in doing that. Um, uh, you know, uh, other countries are, are, are generally far ahead on that and are not beginning not to criminalise their young people, but but help them. Um, and so, using you know, using my voice to be able to pick up the phone, the fact that I can get through to you know pretty well anybody. Um, it would be a, a, a pity to waste that that the position I find myself in if I passionately um, believe in something. Mm. And what about space? Is that the next frontier? I would love to know what it was like when you went up to space in your rocket, and whether how real is your rivalry with Elon Musk? Because actually, he said he's now bought a ticket on your spaceship, hasn't he? He has, and he's a friend, and he he came along uh, and surprised me with. Uh, you know, when, I, when I woke up to go to space that day, he was he was there with his baby in the kitchen, um, they, they, um, which was which was very sweet. And 
uh, and 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 that the kind of thing that rivals you know we, we should be friends in the evenings i suppose and, and night times but competing hard in the day um but um it was the most extraordinary day of my life. Um, it was definitely a pinch, pinch me moment. I mean, the biggest pinch me moment of my life. Uh, absolutely fantastic to have had my grandkids and kids there despite COVID. Um, uh, and, uh, and every second was uh, a, a dream fulfilled, which I'd had since, you know, since um, being a teenager and, and um, watching um, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and, um, and standing there looking up at the moon and realizing they were standing on the moon. It was, as a kid, it was just extraordinary. Uh, and it's, it was so lovely to be able to inspire other kids, um, another, a, a new generation of kids. All, all my grandkids had incredible things you know, to say on the day. My, my, my Etta pulled me down to her and whispered in my ear just before I went, because she thinks I'm, I, I was once a pirate dumped on Necker Island years ago and um, uh, by other nasty pirates. And, we, we, and the kids were sworn to secrecy about that. Anyway, she pulls me down and says, Papa, do you know you're going to be the first pirate ever to go into space? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, anyway. Amazing. Um, and, and then Lola, who's a three years old, um, Papa, you've come back for me. <laughs> anyway, I love, I know, just oh. the, out of the voice of kids, it's just uh, too, too magical. Yeah. Um, but, um, but it was, you know, I'm, I'm a Peter Pan fan and, and to be floating in, floating in space, um, uh, looking back at this incredible earth that we live on was um, yeah, certainly, certainly um, mind blowing and, you know, the, the best, best. But yeah, one of the best, if not the best moment of my life. It's just incredible. So what's your next big dream? Ooh, um, I think I just don't want to, I don't want to waste, waste the um, position I find myself in. And, um, you know, I mean, look, it sounds like a model, a model on stage. I would love to have it. My next big dream would be to see how, how the, how the Ukraine war could be, could be stopped and 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 uh and to you know never stop thinking about you know even 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 if it's not possible for individuals like us to stop it but but to keep asking the questions keep coming up with ideas to see you know is there is there a way of um is 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 there a way of a stopping this conflict but just stopping future conflicts um i I met that incredible lady uh, two weeks ago who was uh in Vietnam when she'd been she was eight years old running down the street having been palmed and her clothes had been burnt off of her um and that iconic horrendous picture uh and yeah I, I, I spent some time talking to her and um and you know that war was diabolical and um and Robert McNamara who had started that war on his you know, six months before he died, said that um, he should be prosecuted for war crimes for perpetuating um, the Vietnamese war. And, and, and I mean, just looked looked straight to camera and did the most powerful one half hour talk. And he did that as a me- as, as as an attempted message to Bush Junior to get him to stop um, the invasion of Iraq. He said, "You're going you're going to make the same mistake as I made." Um, over Vietnam, and I'm afraid the same mistake got made with Iraq. Um, and um, and so, uh, yeah, and so having learned, having lived, lived through those wars and now seeing this war, 
um, uh, you know, um, the, el the elders and the B team um, and the new now organizations we're involved with, we'll, we'll do every, every, everything we, we can and they can um, to, to see how, how they could be helpful or, or um, how they can contribute. Looking back at yourself sitting at the back of the class, aged 15, struggling with what was going on in the blackboard, what do you wish you'd known then that you know now? Um, <laughs> do you know, I don't wish anything, actually. I've, I've, I've honestly um, would not change one, one iota about the life I've led. Um, I've been incredibly uh, incredibly blessed and 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 you know blessed with dyslexia um you know blessed blessed with faults you know blessed with um with uh, positive things as well um and um and i, I really genuinely wouldn't change a thing uh, not everything's worked out as i as, as I, I planned it um but you, you you're just i'm learning 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 all the time and um and and life is you know so fascinating as a result and um and just um uh yeah so i can't think of anything mm. do, i, I wonder do you think that overcoming something in your case your dyslexia sort of drives you on and makes you more determined to succeed you have to try harder yes no i think that that that's absolutely spot on i think um you know people anybody who has any kind of affliction um whether it's physical or or mental, um, uh, uh, will will and should try to excel at, 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 at uh, excel at something else. Um, so, you know, if, if 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 I don't know if I have a uh, you know I'm I'm a fanatical sports person, but if I have an injury, um, I will see it as a positive because I'll then spend more time, you know uh you know talking 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 to people instead of being maybe on the tennis court and you know so so um so i think yes you know it, it, um, there's uh overcoming uh, if you have an affliction the, the, the straight away you can you can you, you can start excelling at something else richard branson thank you very much for talking to me thank you very much You've been listening to Past Imperfect with Rachel Sylvester and my guest this week, Richard Branson. The producers were Anya Pierce and Lucy Ditchmont, and the series producer is Ben Mitchell. Listen back to all our previous episodes on the Free Times Radio app or download them from wherever else you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed what you heard, why not pick up a copy of Alice Thompson and my book, What I Wish I'd Known When I Was Young?, which features insights from our interviews with guests including James Dyson, Nadia Hussain and Professor Green. Alice and I will be back with more Past Imperfect next week. Thank you for listening to Past Imperfect. If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this episode or others in the series, please go to our podcast page or website, where there are links to charities and organisations who are there to help. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.